Welcome to the Faith and Money Podcast, where listeners are invited to explore the captivating intersection of faith and finances. Leading the way are two remarkable hosts, Keith Conley, President of True Legacy Financial Planning, and Crystal Wampler, President of Can Ethics. Faith and Money explores a diverse array of financial topics, always placing Christ at the center of our discussions. From the basics of budgeting and investing, to the transformative power of charitable giving and the dynamics of entrepreneurship, we explore it all. Keith and Crystal invite guests who are thought leaders, financial experts, and individuals who have successfully integrated faith and finances, offering practical tools and inspiring stories to guide you on your own path. If you find the Faith and Money podcast valuable and entertaining, please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode, and your rating will help us reach more people, empowering them to align their faith and finances. Now, without any further delay, here's Keith and Crystal. Welcome, everyone. We're really glad to have you here with the Faith and Money podcast. Today's episode is sponsored by True Legacy Financial Planning. True Legacy is a faith-based financial advisory firm that specializes in working with clients providing them with expert financial advice along with biblical wisdom. True Legacy takes seriously the words found in Proverbs 3.9, imploring us to honor the Lord with our wealth. Contact True Legacy for advice on life insurance, long-term care insurance, financial planning, and investment management. True Legacy is deeply committed to helping clients create legacies lasting generations. All right, Crystal, how are you today? Good, thank you. How are you doing today? Oh, it's great. Um, we're doing great. It's soon in a few weeks. Our family are going back east to Pennsylvania for a vacation. So I'm looking forward to that. See the family, do some nerdy metal detecting. It's going to be a good time. Are you going to do some hiking and are you going to end up getting injured again? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we will definitely do some hiking. Our family owns a property in, in the north part of the state in a very remote area creeks, rivers, mountains. Uh, We'll do some hiking and some fishing and some swimming in the creek. Uh, The property, yeah, the property is right along a beautiful creek. And in California terms, it's a river, but in Pennsylvania, it's definitely still a creek, not a river. Uh, Yeah, creeks are pretty cold, though. It is, you know, it's a trout stream. So there's a lot of trout fishermen, uh, but, you know, you get used to it. You know, it's been warm in Pennsylvania, so the weather, you know, the water won't be that bad. That's exciting. That's exciting. I'm, I'm happy for you. You'll, you'll have to take lots of photos and share them with us. Yeah, maybe I'll bring back an elk because that's in elk country, Pennsylvania. Well, as long as you're going to eat it, that would be okay. Oh, I was going to leave them in my backyard. Oh, and pet them? Have like a little petting elk zoo? Yeah, that'd be fun. <laughs> So, uh, you know, I was thinking about Jesus's words in in Acts chapter 20, which is kind of an interesting place to find Jesus's words, you know, because obviously it's after the earthly ministry of of our Lord. Uh, But the Apostle Paul recalls uh, Jesus's words there in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. It is better to give than to receive. And today's episode is going to focus on the topic of generosity. Uh, you know, what, 
Crystal, have you ever had an incident where you, you have just been blessed so much that your socks were knocked off with some act of generosity? Socks knocked off with some act of generosity. Um, I can't think of any at the moment. I would have to contemplate that. But, you know, going oh. back to your thought of better to give than to receive, I, I definitely agree with that. I have seen that by me giving and being generous that I have in return received, you know, love, um, you know, support. And so I have seen acts of generosity in that fashion. Sure. You know, what I find, you know, interesting about these words is that it's better to give to re than to receive. And what I have found is that when someone is generous, whether it's with resources or time, a lot of times it's not just the receiver who, who is receiving something, so to speak. It's the giver will receive that joy uh, and seeing someone else blessed and, and, and someone else's life approved, improved. Amen. I remember when I was in high school, uh, I was a new Christian and, and I was trying to get involved in certain types of ministry and, and someone in the church approached me about spending time with a, a young man in our church. who was, you know, pretty young. He was like 10 or 11 years old and he had never been fishing before. And, and uh, so I took him fishing and, you know, I did it for him, but man, it, you know, it, it was just a, a great experience and I, and I felt good. That's so, amazing. I, I, I agree with you. You know, some, when you do good and you do um, generous acts for other people out of the right reasons, you have what I call the ripple effect. And sometimes you see it right up front. But other times it's, you know, it's out, it's just rippling along and you might see it, you know, down, down the way when um, they're doing something amazing for someone else because you did something for them. It's you just never know how God is going to show up. Yeah. You know, generosity is, is quite contagious. Have you ever had someone, you know, been in a drive through line at maybe a Starbucks or a Dunkin Donuts and 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 you get to the line and you're expecting, you know, that coffee is going to cost you one hundred dollars. That's a joke. Um, and all of a sudden they say, oh, you don't you don't owe anything because the person in front of you, you know, covered it. And then what do you do? You pay for the person behind you. And I then it's just it. this ripple effect. And, and generosity has a way of motivating people to pay it forward. I love that, Keith. Paying it forward is so important. Yeah, well, in today's episode, in case you haven't noticed, we're going to talk about generosity. Uh, and to help us in, in our discussion with generosity, we have my friend Dan Smith. How are you today, Dan? Hey, I'm doing well. Thank you so much for the invite. This is a, a subject that uh, we here at the Quakerdale Foundation are very, very passionate about. Yeah, well, a little bit of history for our listeners. Uh, earlier this year, Dan and I had a conversation through the Quakerdale Foundation on the topic of generosity, and, and that was uh, aired all around the world. And, and really, uh, he interviewed you know several people, not just me. And, and so we had a topic of generosity uh, and I wanted to bring that topic here uh, to the Faith and Money podcast. And, and I know that that you, uh, Dan, have such a passion for generosity. So we're really uh, glad to have you here. Well, thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. 
Yeah, Crystal, why don't you go ahead and tell our listeners about Dan the Man Smith? (laughs) I like that, Dan the Man Smith. Dan is a 1983 graduate of Wheaton College in Wheaton, Illinois, with a BA in Christian Education. He married Lynn Suzanne Miller Smith in 1987. Susie is a 1989 Wheaton College graduate. They have three children, Shelby, Allen, and Andy all of which were born in different states. They reside in Applington, Iowa, (laughs) where Susie is a third grade classroom teacher. Since graduating from Wheaton, Dan has been a youth pastor, the solo pastor of a rural church, director of an outdoor adventure program, the executive director of a residential camp, and a vice president of a small computer software company with his parents. Dan is currently the Director of Development for Josiah White's Quakerdale Foundation. He hosts their video podcast titled Partners in Ministry and is the Director of Generosity Beyond Charity, a program to help people grow their capacity to give and help guide them on their philanthropic adventure. While at the foundation, Dan created the Gospel Cafe, a small group Bible exploration method, the community support network fundraising platform, the philanthropic DNA giving assessment tool, the relationship continuum for building dynamic relationships with supporters, and the Quakerdale Discovery Network, a resource assistant database used to support churches in the care of those they serve. Dan's personal branding statement is taken from John 10.10, connecting people with the resources they need to live life at its fullest. Wow, Dan, that you have done a lot. That Uh, happens when you're that happens when you turn 66. (laughs) You look back and go, where did all that go? And then when you read the list, you go, oh, okay, I see where it went. (laughs) It was busy. Yeah. So, so you were a Wheaton grad back in the eighties. Yes. So, so was it a much different place than it is now back then? I haven't been back, you know, I since I, since I graduated, uh, my dad was uh, a Wheaton college graduate. I was born while my dad was finishing up his undergraduate degree uh, at Wheaton college. Um, but Wheaton college, the thing I enjoyed most about it, and I, I believe it's still there is it's really training and equipping people to become both um, personal leaders and spiritual leaders, no matter what role they take. So so it's not about having a degree. It's about how that degree opens doors to personal, professional, and social networks that allows you to be Jesus to those people. Yeah. When I was at Moody Bible Institute for my undergrad, Mm, I I spent a little bit of time at, at Wheaton, you know, the Billy Graham Center, the little museum there was very interesting and spent a little bit of time at, at college church and several other churches uh there in, in Wheaton. So it's it's a neat little town. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Moody Bible Institute is very much the same as Wheaton College and the consortium schools itself. Just passionate about the gospel and finding the unique ways to equip uh their graduates to present the gospel to their world. So it's yeah, it's a great school. Yeah, excellent. That is really neat. Daniel, can you tell us a little bit about what is generosity and where does it come from? 
Yeah, that's that is a great question. That is something that we've been wrestling with since 2012 when I started with the foundation. Uh, well, actually, it was Quakerdale. Then it became a foundation in 2018. Um, but there, as, as we were looking at at our supporters that have been there for a long time, many of them, some have been giving $25 for 40 plus years, uh, trying to figure out what is it that makes some people so loyal to an organization? Uh, why is there a difference in the way that you address them, connect them? What, what, what is it that's going on here? And when we started to open up the idea that really what's happening is that there's something that goes beyond charity called generosity. That generosity is actually a personal characteristic that God put in every human being when he created them uh, in his image. And then when a person becomes a believer, a Christ follower, it's kind of like goes on steroid or gets uh, supercharged uh, because now uh, that part of their character is being uh, infused with the the spirit of God in, in how giving can can happen and delivering God through those acts of generosity of the person that's receiving. And so it becomes um, less of a task and more of a lifestyle. And that's probably the biggest way that I would I would say the difference between charity and generosity. Generosity is a part of your lifestyle, your personal char character, who you are as a person. Uh, it's been designed specifically for you by God when he created you. Whereas charity is something that everybody can participate in. Uh, and it, it's great, but it doesn't have the dynamic. It doesn't have the depth that generosity does. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good point, Dan. I, I think that there's a difference between you know, charity and generosity in this. I mean, someone can be charitable and not really have their heart in it, but they're doing it for tax deductions, right? Hey, sure. I have this large asset, this many gains, uh, I need income. So this just makes best estate planning or financial planning sense, right? So right. Well, I'll just go ahead and do it so I don't have to pay the taxes. Sure. But yeah. then there's some there's difference between that and being passionate like hey this is a lifestyle this is who i am i care deeply about these causes and i want to be a part of, of what it is that they're doing yeah yeah the way the way i i understand it for myself has been interesting to watch my our oldest daughter uh, as she has become a music teacher in through high school and elementary at, at biola university uh, to see that music switched from some and a task or a thing she'd like to be a part of to her basically saying music is who i am i can't imagine doing life without being involved in music and the same thing happens when people move from charity to generosity i can't imagine myself not intentionally giving of what i have to help other people become everything that god intended them to be that's just how i do life i i, I can't live any other way i have to be that way i mean god wasn't charitable with us no god god was generous you know he had no obligation to you know send his only son and 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 jesus had no obligation except for that he agreed to do so with the father sure. getting a full reformed theology there um but you know the the son came willingly out of generosity uh to live the perfect life and to die for our sins sure. and so you know what you're describing for the life of the christian especially is just modeling uh what god has displayed to us in his own generosity i can't exactly. die for someone's sins but 
gosh, I could give who I am and, and what I have like the Lord has done for us. Yeah, when, when you tie charity and salvation together uh, and faith, Probably the best way that helps me understand it is that salvation by works would have been a charitable act by God, but he didn't do it that way. Right. Instead, he decided to be generous. He started to give us something we don't deserve so that we could have a relationship with him that he wanted, that we could um, both be transformed in the way that we we see life. And that's probably the biggest difference between people who switch from being charitable to people to be from generous is that what, what happens is, is they're they're getting away from a transactional uh, task and they're, they're diving into a transform transformational process of growing themselves and who they are and, and how they see the world and the world sees them. And it's life changing. That, that, that's so good, Dan. I, I, I love that. Uh, tell us more about, you know, what the work of, uh, about the work of, of the Quakerdale Foundation. Yeah, the uh, the unique thing about the Quakerdale Foundation is that although we were part of Quakerdale itself since 1851, which uh, worked as as an orphanage and then residential treatment throughout the years in in, in Iowa, uh, in 2018 we switched and divided up to become a foundation with five other ministries, just because of the way that um, treatment programs were working in the state of Iowa, and so we had to switch to privatizing that whole process. Uh, so what we ended up doing is we help coach um, nonprofits in being effective at the ministry that they do. We found, we and we specialize in nonprofits that have budgets of $100,000 or less. So small nonprofits, mom and pops. These folks are really, really good at ministry, but quite frankly, they really stink at doing the financial and the business part of the ministry. And it actually kills that fire that's inside of them. So what happens is, is that we take on those parts so that they can just concentrate on the actual ministry part of what's going on. And the reason we can do that is that we don't need any of our fundraising to support our overhead. All of our overhead comes from, from farming. We have over 1,300 acres that's farmed in the state of Iowa that generates all the income that we need to support uh, the foundation staff. So when a person gives $1,000, we're able to give $1,050 uh, to, to the work that it's doing because we take their 1000 plus we add what our endowment is giving to that, and, and we actually can give on their behalf more than what they wanted to, what they, what they intended, which is really, really fun. So that allows me then to interact with our supporters in two ways. One is um, an adventure guide, a philanthropic adventure guide, and the other one is a generosity coach. The philanthropic adventure guide uh, is goes to Ephesians two ten. It says we are God's we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works that He planned in advance for us to do. And so, as a philanthropic adventure guide, I say, well, what's God put in your heart? What what do you see that you would like to make a difference difference in? Where would you like to live? your generous life and and walk around the corner and see how God is going to bless you here, 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 and here as you give in these different areas that you never even thought about before. The second part of that then is how can we intentionally grow a person's generosity so they can give more than they ever thought? And when you put those two things together, hey, I'll tell you what, it's just a blast. Uh, it's, it's the funnest thing ever. I absolutely love it. So I don't raise money for anybody. What I help do is help people figure out how God wired them in their generous character for their philanthropic adventure, and then help them expand their ability to give like they want to see happen. So most of the giving that's done isn't doesn't even come to the foundation. It comes to other ministries. Wow. 
And, and so, you know, when you were talking about sending $1,050 with a $1,000 gift, I don't know how uh, well this fits, but I was, what came to my mind was Jesus feeding the 5,000. Uh, and, you know, that those five loaves of bread and those five fish, you know, were used to bless abundantly more than was ever, you know, thought possible. Right. Uh, and, and so what you're doing is, is really incredible. I also thought about, you know, we had a conversation before recording about the yield of corn, you know, that, that in, in Iowa and, you know, the yield of, of that corn is greater than say in my home state of Pennsylvania per acre. And, and, uh, the farming production is really being used to fund ministry. It's just phenomenal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And we can see this growth in generosity just about everywhere that you look. Uh, the classic example are movie stars or rock stars, music stars, and, and they will be giving to charities. And then all of a sudden they stop doing that and create a foundation. And now what they're doing is they're supporting the people that are doing the, the work. And then pretty soon, if you watch there, if you stay with them long enough, pretty soon that they will uh, begin to to start laying plans for those charities to continue to be supported long after they go. And we call this philanthropic DNA. Uh, philanthropic DNA consists of three strands, your season of giving, your action style, and your communication preference. And by understanding how these things all fit together and work together, your effectiveness and the joy and the fulfillment from your giving just goes on steroids. I mean, it's it, you you literally can't outgive God. It is just so fun. You almost want to go and say, hey, I'm going to do this to see if he can just outdo me. And boom, he does. And it charges you up to do the next gift and the next gift. And it is just, well, as you can see, I get excited about it. To, to watch people's joy flow. Because what happens in in, in charity, um, I'm giving and receiving the the good work, the the good looks from the people that are that are are receiving that, and then just about ends there. It's very transactional. With generosity, when you're given out of your generosity, I give, and God comes behind it and gives of Himself to you and reward for what you've done. Now, let me tell you, He is a good giver, and He really knows how to give to us in a way that nobody else does. And in that way, you really can't out you really can't outgive Him. That's right. That's right. How how do you think we ought to talk to Christians to help them get started on the path for generosity? Many times I, I will talk with clients and, and uh, Christian clients, and they will have, you know, managed their finances extremely well, but they, they still think that they don't have enough or, or that they can't be generous. And in my industry, in the financial planning world, a lot of financial advisors don't want to talk about generosity or even mention it if the clients don't mention it because they're afraid of losing assets under management. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I'm a little bit different. I, I, I very purposefully say to folks, have you thought about generosity? Uh, and it opens up a conversation. So I, I'm interested to hear your response to that. Yeah, one of the first things that we do is is uh, we'll stop back and say, you know, let, let's take a step back. And have you ever spent some time uh, really looking at Ephesians 2.10 and saying, God, what are the good works that you planned for me to do before I was born? 
what what does that look like? Because those things are going to bring rewards and fulfillment better than anything else. And that's where the philanthropic DNA guide or the, the philanthropic adventure guide comes in, is trying to, through a pastoral role, trying to help people discover how has God wired you to give? Because that is completely different than your wife, than your kids, than your neighbors, than the people you work with. Uh, it's not, and it's not a mistake that you have the personal, professional, and social networks that you do, because those are some of the areas where he's wanting you to give. And we're not just talking about money. We're talking about time and talents as well, all of you. Sometimes it could be something as simple as being sensitive to a, a, a professional and say, hey, would you like to come over for supper? And that could be the world to them. Well, what did that cost you? Nothing. But what does God do? He takes that nothing, the five loaves and the fishes and the two fish. And he, he feeds that person and just gorges them with a buffet of fulfillment and value because they were you asked them to come in your home. And we have no idea how big those things are. Some of the most generous people are like the widow that gave the mite. You know, right. not the rich person that has the thousands of dollars, but the person who decided, I am going to, out of how God, out of thankfulness and, and great gratitude for what God has given to me, I'm going to take what I do have give it to God and say, God, you take it and you use it for what you can do with it because there's not much I can do. Right. And if we always look at no matter what we have is small compared to what is put in God's hands and what he could do, can you imagine how different this world would be? Right. When you, it's really hard to be mad and angry and, and, uh, and violent towards somebody that you're being generous to. It's oil and water. There is no mix. And if we could spend more time understanding that we have a responsibility, like the, the story of the talents, that's generosity. God gave you something to give and to work with. And if you go and bury it, he's going to look, come back and call, call us all accountants and said, why did you do that? Hey, get away from me, you wicked servant. But the person that had the five was was uh, uh, was praised for the work that they did with just the five. Here's five more. Enter, enter your master's joy. Enter your master's kingdom. Same thing with the one that had the 10 talents. You know, And so that really, when you take a look at it, is a lesson on generosity. Do you want to be blessed? Then understand how God wants you to use what he's given you to bless somebody else, because he's going to come right behind that and not only replenish it, he's going to grow it. God wants you to be rich because he knows that you will use it to bless others. And when that happens, he is now being seen in others' lives through you. Right. The thing about, about assets and wealth is that here at True Legacy, we teach that God owns everything. Mm -hmm. But on the other side of that same coin is, is personal ownership. You know, we own these assets, but we're called by God to manage them for God, temporary stewards. And yeah. as we are generous, we're using them for God's purposes. And God's purposes are, you know, could be very mundane. You know, the, the provision for our family, the food for our children, the roof over our head. But, you know, anything over and above obviously can be used to be blessing God's people or or to, you know, having the gospel go forth or to serve any other number of different uh, uh, different causes. You yeah. know, our family is particularly uh, passionate about theological education, and we're also uh, very committed to social um, legal causes to 
to uh, defending the cause of parental and religious rights. Sure. Uh, and so we give a lot of, of resources and time to theological uh, education, as well as to legal services that promote Christian values in society. Right. Yeah, one of the things that I use when I talk with people about the difference between being a steward in ownership and generosity and charity is that um, we have what we call the seven steps of, of um, adventure uh, in the gospel. And, and one of them is to commit each day to doing the good works that God planned for you for that day. The idea is, is don't think about how you can be charitable. Instead, go to God and say, what do you want me to do today to serve you? What did you plan? And how can I fulfill what it is that you had in mind to be done today? Uh, and, and that takes it out of a completely out of, out of a, a works situation and makes it more of a lifestyle. And right. so uh, as that's happening, then we want to finish each day in gratitude. And so we say, God, thank you for the opportunity that I had to be a part of your adventure for today and for the things I was able to participate in in a way I couldn't have had it not have been for you, your empowerment, and what you have resourced me with. I can't wait for tomorrow. Let's do it again. And turn right around the next day and get up with an excitement of what was it that you'd have me to do? And so it takes it out of this task part, and it becomes an, an act of service to God. And I think that just totally transforms the way people think about their stuff. Right. Because it can't become an act of charity anymore. Not when you're thinking that way. It becomes an obedience to a lifestyle that God's planned for you that is the absolute best for you that will bring max fulfillment in everything that you do. Right. Well, you've done a, a fantastic job explaining, you know, the joy and 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 how to be genera- generous uh, you call yourself a generosity coach. Now that that kind of word coach it gets thrown around a lot. You know, there, there's people who call themselves financial coaches, life coaches, uh, and you know, at first I was kind of skeptical of the whole thing. You know, like I've never heard of a vocation of a coach unless you're uh, coaching a football team or or a wrestling team or a baseball team. But but you know, what exactly is a generosity coach? Well, first, we'll take it apart. We've talked about generosity. The idea is how can I give of myself in service to the Lord for the tasks that he has designed for me to do uh, do today? So then the coaching part is uh, coming alongside and saying, what is it that God's asked you to do? Um, where do you think things are working? Where do you think they aren't? Uh, would you like to explore some options that might be able to expand your ability to give into a different area? Have you ever thought about, instead of just thinking about financial contributions. What about all the stuff that you've learned, especially if you're like me, 66? There's a lot of life where some lessons have been learned. Have you thought about being able to share those things with other people? There's a lot of people that could probably benefit from what you've been through and what you've seen and how you've seen God. Are you are you putting those down? Are you are you making them available for other people? And so get it off of necessarily just the money thing to all of life. Talents. You've got some skills and ability that not everybody has. Um, is there a good place where that would fit uh, as a volunteer? And then when you get to the point where in retirement, the biggest thing you've got is time. The biggest wasted thing in the United States is not money that's not given in charity. It's time that people don't give. Instead, they're on the golf course. They're, they're sunning in Florida. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that, especially if that's where you feel God has led you to try to connect with people to, to, to share the gospel. But time's invaluable absolutely invaluable. And when I think of my wife as a third grade teacher, how many kids are totally disconnected from 
meaningful relationships, male to male or female to female or parents or whatever, just being a grandparent to some of these kids, 15 minutes, how are you doing? Well, how's it happening with homework it means everything to them. And so what I end up doing is trying to help people understand the different ways that you can give, the different things that you can give, and then ask, so what do you think? Does any of that make sense? And then they'll say, well, I'd like to try. Then I get behind them and try to help design a way for them to begin to then learn how to give from that part of their generous character. In my industry, in, in the financial planning world, a lot of financial advisors are very money centric in that they want to make recommendations based upon what's best for the money. Uh, but you know, from my perspective as a Christian who's working primarily with Christians, it's not the money that leads our discussions. It's the values. And we make money recommendations upon those things about what it is that the client truly cares about. If a yeah. client wants to retire, I get a lot of flack for helping folks with retirement planning. Uh, because retirement's not biblical. And, 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 you know, while I agree with that, I don't talk about retirement per se. I talk about repurposing. Mm -hmm. uh, there's nothing wrong with not being reliant or needing to be reliant upon a paycheck. But that doesn't mean that just because we retire, we stop being of value to, to our communities, to our families, to our churches. Uh, I know, I know a, a young man, and by young man, he's probably... 50 and he's been retired for I couldn't tell you maybe 10 years uh and he's an elder in his church he teaches in a Christian school he's extremely generous with his time and resources uh I had coffee with him uh last week about some stuff going on in our family and and uh you know he's just very generous with his time. And I actually ended up saying, Hey, I got to go. Um, but thanks for meeting. And he's like, Oh, okay. Well, you know, I was willing to stay a little bit longer, but cause you know, I'm retired and I can do that. <laughs> uh, but you know, he was very concerned, you know, about some of the things our family's going through and, and just shoot, showed, uh, a great hospitality in that. Uh, so what, what kind of, of, folks are typically coming to you for this generosity coaching? Oh, all different types. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, all different age groups, uh, all different incomes, um, the, you you name it. And basically we've we've worked with them. And some some of it is an ongoing coaching. Some of it's just a one-time thing. Um, it, it, you know, it just depends on the situation uh, of the people. So yeah, I, if there isn't, you can't really label one area, one type of a person that's that is more interested than another. Right. And, and, and do you charge for that type of coaching? No, it's free. <laughs> very yeah, which is very, generous. which is very unique, which is very unique. Most people <laughs> don't, can't up. do that for free. <laughs> put me on your list. Yeah. But, but did you see how, how God has put this together for us to actually put into practice what he's actually asking us to do by him providing for the, the income for us to support the ministry and our jobs. We don't have to take out of the giving of others to help pay for our overhead. Instead, we're able then to use that to go into our endowment, which gains interest, which allows us to give above and beyond what's actually given to us, which is, that's just God. You know, that, that that's just, uh, he likes to show off and he, and he's really good at it. 
And one of the ways that he does that is through generosity. If you really don't, if you are really doubting whether or not there's a God or not, join what we're doing as far as generosity and, and philanthropic adventure. Let us sh- give you firsthand experience with the generosity of God towards others and watch what he does inside you. You will never doubt again that there's a God. Yeah, that's great. You know, from a financial perspective and, and, and generosity, one of the things that I come across very often is, hey, I'd like to be generous. I just don't know how. And mm. they will say, you know, I give, I write a check to my church every week or or I give every year to this foundation or this cause at the end of the year and I write a check, but there are multiple ways to be generous from a financial perspective. Yeah. You can give things other than cash. And and a lot of times, you know, from a planning perspective, it's better to give things other than cash. Uh, And and so sometimes with Christians, especially, they just need to be trained. They need to be taught. They need to be, uh, that needs to be modeled before them. And if you can do that for them and which I do that for a lot of my clients, they're, they're on board, you know, sign me up is what they say. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Most people don't even uh, understand that, that endowment giving is something that they can participate in. Uh, Usually because most of the time when they're introduced to it, it takes probably an investment anywhere from 5,000, 10,000, $25,000 to do a donor advised account or something like that. And and here at the foundation, if you've got a hundred dollars, you can get started. And, you know, so it, it, we're able to do for the common person what is perceived to be only available for the rich and famous. And uh, that's also extremely rewarding. So there's a lot of there's a lot of tools that are out there. And what's neat is that we end up connecting the generosity coaching with their financial planning. And what's fun is to watch the difference in the way the financial planner all of a sudden says, hey, you can make a lot more money on this so that you can give more here. And that never used to be a part of the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and so it, it actually it absolutely transforms the way the way financial planners work with the people who have said, I want to be generous. And in order to do that, I need to make more money. Help me do that. Or I'm scared that I'm going to like for me. What woke me up is when I turned 65, I thought, holy cow, I've got about 10 more years maximum of giving. And some of the things that I've been passionate about giving to, I'm not going to be able to contribute to. I've got to find some sort of way to keep that giving going on long after I'm gone. And then, ding, donor advised. And also now my wife and I have created a donor advised account and it's growing so that by the time we both retire, it's going to continue to give. Uh, you know, out of uh, out of the income investment through the uh, through the foundation, uh, long after we're gone, even right. Uh, so it's, I mean, there's just just a lot of tools like that. That that's also part of the coaching is to help people understand the different tools that are there for giving. You may not be aware of, and many of them overlap with financial planning. Yeah, absolutely. What yeah, I which is why there's no mistake that we are both on this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, generosity guy, financial planner guy. You know. Not a mistake. (laughs) Absolutely. Not at all. Uh, One of the things that I've recommended to nonprofits, if they have a really good relationship with their top donor, what I've recommended is that they take part of the money that they're receiving from that donor and get a life insurance policy on that donor. Because what happens is, let's say that you have had a donor who's giving you know, 10,000, 100,000 or whatever that amount is, it's a 
large portion of your giving, well, put some of that money into a life insurance policy so that you can kind of give a last gift when they pass away with that death benefit and to have some other living benefits. But uh, there are just so many ways to give during your life, after your life, but it's also about bringing in that donor's family and making a generosity, a lifestyle and a discipling tool for the family so that that generosity doesn't stop when the donor passes away. You create that lifestyle and you teach and model it to your children and grandchildren so that that just continues to grow and and continues even after you're gone. Yeah, one of the things we just uh, started is what we call one gen accounts, uh, donor advice accounts. It's one generation empowering the next. And the idea is, is that I will, when if and when we start having grandchildren, I will establish a donor advice account in their name. And when they become 18, then every year, they are given a letter by the foundation that says your grandma and grandpa set up this account for you so that you could learn how to be generous. Uh, here's how much you can give, where do you want it to go? And then a letter, personal letter from my wife and I, grandma and grandpa to them explaining every year why generosity is important. So we get to talk to some, probably some generations that will never meet. And the idea is to pass on the legacy of Christ in us through generosity and challenging people. See if you can't outdo grandma and grandpa. Give, give God a shot at this and let's see, let's see what you can do. But what we're doing is that we're actually uh, empowering them to do it because we've set up that account for them before they even became adults. So once they turn 18, it's their way and we're ready for them to begin to, to start giving forever. That's beautiful. Uh, and, and, and it really protects that money so that, you know, your children and grandchildren aren't going to be able to take that money and buy a sports car. Right. And that's that's probably the biggest disadvantage of uh, the way that we do in our advice counts rather than through other ways is that it's a permanent gift, which basically means once you give that amount of money, that corpus will never be used. Only investment income is you can't you're not going to be able to get at the original gift and take from it to give out. It's only the investment income that guarantees that it's going to be there forever. So if you're if you're looking at something where you want to you want to just quickly get uh, some tax shelter uh, in a donor advised account, uh, you know, there's other ways to do that so that you can turn right around and give from that later. If you're using us, you basically are saying is I'm trying to set up something that will never die. And all it's going to do is continue to grow. Uh, then we're and because of the low dollar value that we have for you to get into it, we might be the, the solution. Uh, so uh, that's part of the coaching you know, that we do is say, you know what, you might be better off depending on what you're wanting to do with this. You might want to go to XYZ and have uh, open up the, uh, that account there and set it with us. Beautiful. Because we don't need it. It's, we're not doing this so that we can make a living. We're doing this so that you can be successful and find fulfillment in what God's called you to do through your good works. Amen. Thank you so much, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Well, you bet. Thank you so much, Dan, for joining us today on the Faith and Money podcast. How can our viewers contact you? Or and you can reach by email, and I'm pretty sure you'll probably have that either on the screen, but uh, dsmith at quakerdale-foundation.org, or you can go to our website, quakerdale-foundation.org, uh, or just give me a call on my cell phone, uh, 319-830-0182. Can't wait to talk to you because God's got some amazing things out there for you. I'd love for you to experience every ounce of it. Excellent. Well, we will definitely share your information in our show notes. Uh, Thank you for being here today. 
Well, thank you for inviting me. And the Lord bless you with what you're doing. Let's get people up there where financially they're succeeding beyond any means so that they can be generous beyond uh, their, their wildest dreams at the same time. Amen. 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 All right, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Faith and Money podcast. But remember, our conversations don't end here. We invite you to continue exploring these fascinating subjects by subscribing to our podcast. By subscribing, you'll never miss an episode, ensuring that you stay connected to our community of like-minded individuals seeking wisdom and guidance in their financial and spiritual lives. And while you're at it, Don't forget to rate and review the Faith and Money podcast. Your feedback not only helps us improve, but it also allows others to discover and benefit from these enriching discussions. Your words have the power to inspire and empower others to embark on their own journeys toward financial well-being and spiritual fulfillment. Lastly, we want to extend a heartfelt invitation to join us for future episodes. We have exciting guests lined up, who will share their unique perspectives and experiences. Together, we'll continue to dive deeper, challenge conventions, and uncover hidden truths that can transform our lives for the better.